Welcome to this episode of the Barrels and Business Podcast. Today, I am joined by the amazing Nikki Smith, and we aim to bring you an hour or so of entertainment, laughs, and tangible tips on how you can grow your business, but also increase your surfing prowess. So Nikki here is a registered psychologist. She's got a focus on performance and career coaching, including career change. So any of you guys that are out there at the moment that are maybe feeling like you're stuck in a rut, uh, feeling unfulfilled, you may be in a career, you want to start your side hustle, you want to change jobs, or you've just woken up and gone, I fucking hate this business. I've built this all around the shoulds and not around what really makes me soul happy. Well, Nikki's going to help us out. So she really does guide and cheerlead individuals through their dream life, best fit roles and their businesses. She's one of those people that listens between the lines and really gets the to the core of people's desires. So today we're gonna to cover things like why your strengths matter, like why you shouldn't play to your weaknesses and why you should play to your strengths, how you can gain back time with that, how you can stay in your zone of genius, how you can use it to make income streams and what are mini experiments that you can do along the way. Nikki, is there anything about your bio I've missed before we delve in? Cause I, we had a conversation before we went on air and I wanna like pick that shit up. Anything in my bio, I think, I think it's probably worth pointing out that I've changed careers myself. So I started off in kind of clinical psychology realm. I've been a musician, you know, paid musician, been an event manager. I didn't know and, that bit. Yeah. And uh, so it's been a journey for me to get to this career coaching and performance coaching piece. So I understand both sides of the table, you know, um, in terms of, yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. So just before we went on air, I said, is there anything off limits? And you're like, well, you sent me this question about failures and I haven't really, I don't really think I've had business failures. And I was like, well, that's just perfect. Let's pick that up because when I was reading part of your bio, it ties in as well. So why, what do you see a failure as, or why don't you, why don't you think you've had any? I see everything that I do as a mini experiment. So with mini experiments, you're really testing out an idea. And when you and you want to be curious like a scientist, so you want to gather evidence as to why you should do more of that or less of that, or really if you should drop it altogether. Mm. So to me, it's really interesting how the word failure just doesn't really enter my brain at all because I'm applying that mini experiment model. So I've got a podcast as well, and my my one of my closest friends and husband said, "No more projects, like no, no, don't do it." <laughs> and I said mini experiment i so i promised <laughs> to only do one um i think they underestimated how much work there was to create one but um mm -hmm. started with one and then there was evidence yes we should do more of this so yeah there's definitely things i've bombed at um and there's a particular singing audition that i you know failed or bombed immensely but it was interesting i got so fired up after that experience i actually kept going so that fail forward fail forward <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I love this concept of uh, treating things as mini experiments and the looking at the data and really analyzing whether you should keep it or delete it or do more of it. Uh, I was actually we were having that whole conversation with my coaching group yesterday about, okay, let's gather the detail and have really the reality check on, is this something that I should be doing? And 
we've, I, I mentioned to you, referring back to the podcast I did with Chris Dufay about burning the boats and how people can use the opportunity of coronavirus to potentially burn the boats and close a business that doesn't really align with their soul's true happiness. Um, and that's again about going, okay, well, we don't, sometimes we don't close it, even if it's causing us misery, because we would, we perceive that other people will think it's a failure. What would be your advice on that? Because I know you've coached people around getting unstuck from their businesses and moving on. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you can talk, talk to either of us about this. So typically, yeah, clients ask, is it, is it me or the business? Or yeah, if I'm stuck, should I stay or should I go? And not as many people as I would like are as risk happy as Jade or I are. So if we look, (laughs) (laughs) if we're looking perhaps for this middle ground, um, then it's really about what I recommend is, well, what's the middle ground? So for example, if this isn't lighting you up, you might feel more comfortable about exiting it when you know what does light you up. So I think for a lot of people, they need to know what the alternative is, what the alternative is uh, and what, what will light them up. Then it is much easier to walk away from something. Typically with people in terms of exiting or closing things down, we do it over a period of time because, for, if you're not risk happy, then you're going to want some time to to transition. And trans, you know, you can transition with ease. I think a lot of people think in when they're stressed, think in black and white terms. So you know, it's either on or off. But it's like, well, what's the middle ground? What if your business could be your bridge job? It ties you over from the here and now to your ultimate dream business or dream job. And then that, and then actually, what you're currently doing serves a bigger purpose, and you can resent it less. Um, yeah, you can find more happiness in the day to day, which usually results. My, my favorite quote, uh, is happiness is the greatest hack to productivity and profitability. So if you can find more happiness in what you're doing by seeing it as the stop gap or the bridge, then ultimately you'll probably be more successful in it and therefore speed up the process as well and open up your realms of like, okay, could you sell it then? Or could you transition someone else in? Could you just hire someone to run it and you take a more like a more passive play in it like it gives you more scope don't you think oh exactly and all those scenarios are relevant and and i've witnessed all of those and it's also uh yeah i mean um was coaching a client the other day he's a hr independent hr consultant he's a leadership coach there's a part of his business is around um i think researching uh, you know, the, the salary piece and the, the wage piece mm-hmm. and, and, and every business wants that. He can't stand doing it. So we talked about what if you brought someone in to do that? And not only would that free him up to do what lights him up, but he actually went, oh, I could turn that into an income stream. So what's beautiful is you can even do it in smaller chunks. You know, if what we're saying lights you up and go, I just want to figure out this now, that's awesome, go for it. But also if you're feeling like, oh, that sounds overwhelming, you can do it in smaller pieces. You know, what's five hours of my week that I could outsource or what's five hours of my week I could eliminate? Yeah. Oh, I think that this is the hugest one for a lot of business owners. I, one of the guys I was coaching him this morning, he's like, I said, okay, you've got a deadline of getting, actually you've, you've spoken to this guy, you've got a deadline of getting your shortlist out by lunchtime tomorrow for candidates. And he's like, oh, fuck my life. It might be late because I've got to re- format all the resumes and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why are you doing that? Why? It is not your highest best use. You can pay someone $11 an hour or even someone epic like my girl, $14 an hour 
And I've said, so $14 an hour equals for you either 20 new business calls, one amazing interview, or an hour spent with your client extracting the culture so that you can serve them better, ultimately all resulting in way more dollars than $14. And, oh, yeah. and happiness. Like he, who wants to sit? Like, unless you're the personality type that loves admin and loves that. I love you guys. It's so not me. Like formatting resumes was, I couldn't even think of anything more horrible. And that's not about doctoring a resume. That's just like putting your letterhead on and making sure the fonts line up. It's just tedious, hideous yeah. stuff. Like why? And that's what sucks your energy. And if people can do a task audit, like you said, of like, what are they doing that drains them and is, is not their highest best use versus what puts them in flow and happiness, but is also the best thing for the business and do more of that, you can learn to love your business again. Exactly. And I think that has to be the first step because what you want to do is create some time and headspace in your week to even fathom and contemplate these other big, bigger questions. So what's beautiful about that is you can action that now and it doesn't have to be expensive. If you have zero cash flow, which I doubt because you're in Jade's community, but you can even trade time with people as well. 100%. So that's, yeah, that would be the, just implement that now. Look at how can you reclaim five hours in your week? Um, because that like I just got offered... An amazing, she's amazing, um, young lady who's a consultant for Microsoft in India. And she wants to be able to make a move. She's come through some of my Mind Valley circles and she's starting her side hustle in digital media management. Obviously, coming from India, she, she, even though she works for Microsoft, not a great income, she's like, Could I use you as a case study? Could I trade your advice for this? And I'm like, how amazing I get to give back to someone and help them and be a case study that she can use to make a business out of, give her advice. It's a win-win for everybody. And people are more open to that than you think. Yeah. Especially when it's win-win, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, and the, that's typically what I get all clients just with their side hustles to start, start your case studies, get your testimonials, but it's amazing. I haven't, I can't recall a client ever getting a knockback you know, from, from asking. Yeah. And if you do, it's just not the right match. It doesn't, it's not a bad thing. It's just, maybe it's not the right match at that time. Yeah. Uh, so I think bad. that's really, um, I think that's something that most people don't really think about. Do you find though, um, something I have found and I'd, I'd be interested to see if you find it with your clients. Sometimes the reason people don't outsource or they don't look at those ideals is because they have this mentality or limiting belief that they have to do it all themselves. They have to wear all the hats and they're not successful if they're not doing it all. Do you ever see that come up or what else do you see as a reason why that prevents them from, from taking that step? Yeah. It's, oh, it's universal. I think it's uh, on the extreme. <laughs> see it everywhere. I think we've been brought up to think we can do it all. I think, that's how we've been brought up. And there's, I think there's some ego attached to it as well. And if you're a perfectionist, then, you know, you're going to have more control if you do it all. Yeah. Uh, so one of the most liberating moments for me is when I got trained up in my first strengths tool. And they said things like, studies show when you play to your strengths 60 to 80% of your week, you significantly boost not only your productivity, your positive influence, your creativity and your happiness, but business shows that the 
sorry, studies show that the business bottom line improves, whether you're a sole trader or whether you have a team, get everyone to play to their strengths for 60 to 80% of the week. And then I thought, wow, it's not just about morale. It's not just about productivity. It's about earning more money. So there's a business place for it. So I find that that gives people the permission to go, this isn't a nice to have, this is a strategic imperative. I need to get my head around this. If I'm going to you know, live my best life, really, or create the yep. best business. Yeah. What's some tools or tips that you can give people listening that they can do to help figure out what their strengths are? Because you know how some people are that so still so caught up in the doing of stuff that they like, oh well, I'm good at everything, or I do everything okay. Like the, I think we had a call the other day, and the and the guy was like, I don't know, I only do this. I don't, I don't, I'm not good at anything else. I'm like. What are all of the things inside of that? Let's help you unpack that. Have you got any resources that someone listening could go to to help them? Yeah, so there's a so there's a free strengths guide. I've given Jade the link. So whether it's during the call or after, um, let's pop that in in there. So the free strengths guide. Uh, so there's some guidelines. I I even do a, like a a coaching session where you can get coached by me in a in a webinar. And it also gives you uh, um, the instructions to tap into the best strengths assessment I've come across. And it's really economical. It's 20 US. With that strengths profile, you get five pages of individualized copy on what makes you unique. So I, wow. that's, that's option it's currently a. on the link in Facebook. If anyone's watching live, I've just dropped it. Uh, we'll make sure that's on the comments for this episode though. Perfect. So that's, that's option A. And I highly, it's, uh, I highly recommend you do that. What, because we undervalue our strengths. They, strengths are things that come easily to us. We tend to naturally undervalue them. We've been doing them a long time, hopefully. But what's beautiful is you'll, and when you see it in five pages of language, you're like, maybe there's something to that. <laughs> maybe I'm a genius. <laughs> yeah. And maybe I should be spending more of my time doing that. And also... Um, another option, if you're thinking, and don't don't give me an assessment. Another option is to write down what are the things that clients thank you for, or customers thank you for, or direct reports thank you for that you actually enjoy doing. Yeah, you know, amazing. Or what problems do you solve that people thank you for time and time again? If you want a lighter touch to what we're talking about, go there because you can do that in five minutes. Uh, and then again, can you can you shape more of your week around that? Because most people want, especially if you're in Jade's community, you want to have positive influence. You want to feel purposeful. So why wouldn't you do more of what is in your zone of genius? Because that's how you've been designed, basically. We, we're born with these strengths. It's how we're hardwired. We don't get to have them all. We simply are not allowed. Um, so why wouldn't you play to strengths? And I can tell you that um, it's... It, you will have more of your hours in your week where you can tap into flow or you can get closer to flow or, or actually be in it. And wouldn't, you know, if you're a sport fan or a music fan, like, wouldn't you want to get into flow? Wouldn't you want to be in this optimal performance land? You know, life, life is too short. Yeah. Well, like, even if you think super basics, think you've got your team, you've got a superstar salesperson. It's just like, it just comes so naturally to them. Would you take them out of the field or off of the phones? to pack boxes and not be doing that? No. Why would you do that? So, but the problem is as business owners, what we see is you do that with yourself. You take yourself out of the field or you take yourself out of leading the team 
to pack boxes to save, I don't know, however, it doesn't cost much to get someone to pack the boxes. Mm. Because, like you said, a little bit of ego sometimes or sometimes it's the limiting beliefs or it's just like, I'll just get it done or I need to do everything. I'm going to save my $15 an hour. Well, your $15 an hour just costs you maybe 300 or worse. If you're a consultant or something, it could be landing a job worth 10 grand because you want to save 15 bucks packing a box. Like sometimes it's crazy. Um, the, The mini experiment rule applies there. You know, often, you know, if you're a really analytical person, you're going to think of all these different things that might happen if you do outsource that. So again, the mini experiment can, is a shortcut to just taking action. So even with people that, even with things I've outsourced, I've often said, I'll do it for a month. Yep. Which is perfect. So just walk, then you're not- walk us through setting up a mini, mini experiment. What would you, how, how's your thinking work? What, what things would you do to go, okay, I can get myself into the okayness of <laughs> trialing this and what things would you actually put in place? So um, the mini, with mini experiments, there are three levels to them. The first level is 10 minutes to one hour of testing an idea out. So if you've, if you've got a, a business idea or an income stream idea, then we usually go full throttle and go to level three. I'm saying, what if you spent 10 minutes to one hour on that idea? Um, the next layer is three to 15 hours over. Before you buy the domain names and the website and, the, yeah. <laughs> and the lo- getting a logo designed on Fiverr. <laughs> and before you tell everyone and then, then that's all they're asking you about. How's, you know, income. And, and then you feel like attached to it and you can't get out. <laughs> yes. So this big thing is, I mean, a lot of us don't love commitment. So mini experiments are, are a way that you don't have to. <laughs> I feel like there's a story there. <laughs> this heavy commitment you're not marrying this concept (laughs) so that next layer three to 15 hours over a month and then the the level three which we all usually go to is is a one-year experiment so we usually go straight to the one-year one yeah and then it's so easy to procrastinate it's so easy to self-sabotage it's so easy for the imposter syndrome to come up so i always get clients going let's go back to level one what's 10 minutes to one hour you can do this week to connect with that idea with joy and ease and actually get excited. So for example, rather than, it might be, well, I need a VA or I need an extra salesperson, right? I need them in a week, so I have to do that all in a week. It might be, well, I'm gonna talk to a gun person like Jade about this and for an hour or 10 minutes and I'll get some steps, I'll get excited. That could be your action for the week. And then you'll keep going. Um, If it's, what would be another idea? I helped an owner of a law firm, he was bought, thriving business from the outside looked so successful he was super bored don't we all we uncovered 23 dream ideas <laughs> that's the world record so far and uh we were oh able- you need to speak to my roommate candace we have a giant whiteboard for her called the car park all the ideas go in the car park until it gets filtered through me <laughs> yes Exactly. Yeah. Because 23 are difficult to tackle at once, but we can tack with him. We could tackle up to 10 at a time, partly because some of them were 10 minutes. Yeah. Mm. And it's amazing how that really fuels your excitement and fuels your joy when you're just, you're just connecting with something for 10 minutes or an hour. And sometimes those early minute experiments, like I said, it's research or absorbing information. Why do we expect ourselves to be able to execute immediately when we haven't even given ourselves time to adjust to an idea, to explore it, to get some help. Yeah. Mm. I think that's a really big one is bouncing the idea of somebody else because by you having to articulate it, you either answer some of your own questions or 
you can gauge the energy in yourself. Like, does it feel heavy? Does it feel light? Is this actually where I want to go? Being willing to like, and seeking out someone that will give you brutal feedback. Um, not for being, for the sake of being an asshole, but like that, that is coming from a place of non-attachment and love, but can play the devil's advocate and say, okay. And, and how does that feel? Or, okay, sit into a year's time from now, if you are only doing that and you've let go of this, how does it feel? Exactly. And what if you did it like this? And what does that mean to you? And how does that really serve your soul's true purpose? Or people come up with big ideas and they think they're really cool, but there's a price of admission for everything as well. So what are you willing to pay and what are you willing to lose to be able to see that? And making sure you do that um, yeah, risk analysis, but the payoff analysis first, because to go all in and deep on maybe some projects could mean getting rid of your social life. Yeah. It might mean limited time with your family. It might mean interacting or traveling. Like what are you willing to do? And, and the cost to get it up and running people sometimes jump in a little bit too fast without doing those things. But then you feel like you can't back out cause you're already neck deep. <laughs> yes. So then if you make, if it's an hour or a one month experiment, you're going to, you need to have that review point and you need to check in with that. Is um, how do you feel before, during, and after, or do you feel light or heavy? Like Jade say, you need that review point. And I think the other point to make is, uh, you know, one of the ways that I help people is to uncover radical ideas, but actually give yourself a longer timeline to experiment with them, so you're not having the trade-off. So I think Jade, you're 100% right. As in, if you go right, three projects, off I go. There's going to be a trade-off. You need to do a risk analysis for sure. The other way of looking at it, if you're feeling a bit, if you're feeling flat, if you're feeling stuck, if you're second guessing, how long can I stay in this business? Then another approach is to uncover some radical ideas, potentially pick one or two, but actually extend the timeline. Because I think the myth that a lot of uh, it's commonly thought is if I can't see the result in three months, then is it worth doing? Or if I can't see ah. it, uh, it's not for me. Or whereas yep. the radical idea, you usually need to give yourself longer so your confidence and experience can match the bigness of the idea. So another fun way is to pick something, but hey, this is a long-term game. So for example, with this business, it was one to three hours over a year. I wasn't even committing to still going with it. One really? to three hours a week over a year. Yeah. So I was working as a redundancy outplacement coach for a fantastic firm, but my maximizer strength was stamping its feet because <laughs> I, was, I was providing a great program, but it was really suiting the employer's needs, not the candidate's needs. And so I thought I want to create a program that meets an individual's needs and covers the dream business or the dream role and gets them as close as possible. But to be honest, I didn't want to be a business owner. I loved being a freelancer. So I gave myself a year to say, well, actually, is this for me? A, can I create a better program? And B, do I actually want to do this? And so for, and that works well with a lot of my clients. For example, some of them have become, you know, we've got a paid artist and, you know, they're speaking from stage and, you know, those bigger ideas that potentially are creative and you potentially have to create bigger networks. <laughs> then when you give yourself that more like the one to two years, you're not necessarily needing to put, a stack of time in, but those small consistent steps over time yield big results. Yeah. Taking, taking the steps and that can relieve some of the anxiety, but also allows us the, the ability to pivot and to iterate as we go along, because sometimes we get so attached to an idea, we rush out and we're not looking at the other signals or we're not 
taking the feedback in and correcting course as we as we go. Actually, the, Taki had some great points on our call this morning. I don't know if um, you missed it this morning, but it was about before we used to be able to plan for 12 months and you could relatively plan what was going to happen. At the moment, we're recording this in coronavirus, but anything can happen in the world these days. And I always believe in doing 90 day plans anyway, because, and then refocusing and shifting because you get new points of feedback or you realize you maybe don't like a certain customer base or whatever, and you can actually shift and adjust. So I think being able to shorten that time frame and constantly be analyzing it and looking at whether it works and then making those micro adjustments, giving that timeline to do so can give you such a better business in the long run and something that can be recession proof, crisis proof, pandemic proof. Like, yes, things do, will take a hit, but if you've done those iterations and if you've had those times to react to different situations throughout without, before you've completely locked in and made yourself married to an idea, you, you have so much more ability to, to, to react on the spot because you've, you've taught yourself to do so. And I think that's beautifully said. And, and if, if that's in your strengths profile, to be disciplined to do those review points, that's awesome. But if not, partner up with someone. So one of the principles somebody. of <laughs> partner up with a strength that you need. If you're not, not the natural reviewer, if you're more the ideas dreamer, get stuff done, just keep moving, then you need someone on your team that's going to help you to review for sure. Yeah, so add, add someone in there. And then, it, then it's more fun. Gosh, how much more fun is collaborating on something that you don't do? A hundred percent. It's so funny because I've been running these pro bono um, group coaching calls every, every weekday. This week I'm doing three days. Um, and what we found, I was like, it's people just want me to turn up and kick their ass. Like literally they're saying they're just turning up on the calls so I can kick their ass and give feedback on their 90 day plans and hold them accountable. And, but now the group is like, Oh, I need to do that part of my 90 day plan. I said, okay, well, how about you guys commit to a time? You're both going to do that part of it and then do a 10 minute call just to go through it, make sure you've done it and that you've got to feed it back. So think, then you're actually thinking it through that part doesn't cost anything. You've found a buddy, you're getting the win-win like you were talking about before. You're both jazzed, you're both held accountable and you're getting real-time feedback and you've got to think better because you've got to articulate it. So nearly every entrepreneur we know knows another business owner, right? Correct. Surely you can find one or you can join a fucking group and someone in there will be like, please help me too. Exactly. And what's fun is if you do it in a, like a mastermind with Jade or I've got a, I've got a group call for my client, like career change clients. What we know the people in the group, we can even match you up. We can match make. Yeah. Yeah. Make a little buddies. Yeah. Well, I've just put for simplicity on this one, we put people on the same time zones because I've got people in Texas and LA and Europe and Australia. <laughs> it's like, okay, who's on the same time zones um, and similar, similar business challenges. Oh, very clever. And I, if, I don't know if you want more on this for the people who are listening in, but you can actually do that with your team. So uh, I worked with Love a digital that. agency, yeah. And so we profiled everyone's strengths and then we actually buddied up all the direct reports in, into a buddy system with the strength that they needed. And the KPI was that they met once a week for 20 minutes and troubleshooted any sticking points because they could share their wisdom with each other. And, uh, and uh, 
the, and it's still going. And the director was actually shocked. She said, not only is it working, I'm getting less people coming to me, but it's still going. And we yes. have their arts because part of the permission piece with strengths, you're not allowed all of them. Like you just simply aren't allowed all of them. So why wouldn't you tap into someone else's strengths, the ones that you need? So for some people, you know, are much more strong on the relationship building side and less strong on the strategic thinking side, for example, and vice versa. You just made me remember something I'm writing down. What I'm going to do is drop into the, I'll put it onto the Facebook afterwards. Uh, or if Mary, if my assistant's listening, please drop it now. Um, <laughs> and I'll put it onto this. I did a, um, a webinar for the remote business summit on finding a natural path to wealth using the wealth dynamic system. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. heard of that, Nikki. Yep. yep. And how to build out your, your dream team with your uh, one, two, three, so that you've got all areas of the profile spectrum yeah. um, to, to balance and how you can lean on something, how you can figure out, okay, what is that, what is that person that I need right now? Because we have unconscious biases and we, we tend to gravitate to people that are like us because we feel accepted. <laughs> uh, and we're like, Oh, and I get you. Um, but understanding how to find someone that is say your opposite or that, that really does, um, fill the gap that you don't have so that you can both be in best use and understanding that you can help each other in that respect. Um, but being able to identify that pretty easily as well. And, and also by what task needs to be done. So if you're a detail analytic person, maybe you need to lean on someone who's a supporter, who's got like a bit more um, people personality as leadership. And even if that's not that they're going to come into your business and do it for you, they could coach you. And you're like, oh yeah, I've got to do this meeting with my team. What would be your advice on how I could make them feel like I love them rather than just barking at them? <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's so many ways that we can help each other, but you also need to know how to ask or what you need to ask for. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess I was thinking of people who already have teams and they're thinking, oh my goodness, I want to trust them as being adults, remote working, but you know, what would help them that buddying up is brilliant and they can potentially like the jet the broad categories are perfect just think of those broad categories and and also it can be an experiment you know they could do it for a month they can feedback like i yeah. can't work with that person that's okay you can mix it up but i think it, again it's, it's so good to do in real that team. you don't have to know everything and that your team doesn't have to know everything yeah yeah i've seen it work in companies as well when um different departments have worked together on something to get the flip side and the other personality and the devil's advocate. Um, and that can make a, a huge difference in launching a new product or a new, um, you know, a new incentive or program that you're putting, putting through the business by saying, having marketing work with finance yeah. and having, because then you've got two different personality types looking at the problem and it, it gives such a multi dimensional aspect and that accountability that's because in bigger teams as well, um, sometimes you don't, you know, the competitiveness or maybe the ego or the worry of being compared to your peers in your group can prevent people from really um, putting themselves out there. Whereas when it's cross department, there sometimes seems like there's less um, fear of judgment. Yes. And they're probably going to be potentially more curious too as to, you know, what do you know? What, what are you naturally good at? Yeah. 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 They can fit through. Um, beautiful. I love that. So in terms of, um, of getting more time back, what's, what's some of the, some of the tips that you give people? 
So one of my favourite questions ever is that one. So we, we've talked about outsourcing, we've talked, we've talked about partnering up with the strength that you need. They, they are all ways to reclaim time. Um, another one that you can actually implement literally tomorrow is around carving out focused time. So hands up if you have succumbed to being interrupted notifications. Yeah. I mean, it's addictive. They've proven notifications are as addictive as cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I have do not disturb on all the time. Silent phone. So follow Jade's lead, you know, I think we, we want to think we've got willpower, but will, neuroscience have proven that willpower can be gone within three to four tasks. So if you think about when your day starts, three to four tasks in the willpower. Yeah, they say it's finite. Like it's, it's, it's it, gets, it actually gets used up. Same yes. with like decision making. You can get decision yes. fatigue. Yeah. And because of these uncertain times, we're not at, most of us are not at 100% functionality anyway. So I love the science of positive psychology and a big part of it is how do you just make it easeful? How do you automate it? So for example, if you had enough autonomy that you could do this, then my tip would be as early in the day as possible, carve out, start where you can. Is it 60 minutes? Is it two hours? Have it be time that you are not interrupted. You've got your three key tasks for the week, smash them out because... What's your thoughts on eating the frog first? Oh, I mean, it's, it's sound. That's why it's endured for so long. I'm just, I'm personally sick of the words. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, can we, what can we can relabel it? Let's go something in the ocean. First. Do what matters eat first? This, yeah, do what matters first. No. Yeah, eat the slimy, wet octopus first. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think, yeah, you're going <laughs> to feel so much better. You know, I'm a big fan of guilt-free living big fan of guilt-free living and if you eat the slimy octopus first then you're going to be guilt-free for so much more of the day whereas if you avoid it you avoid it and I think with that focus time and maybe do a maybe schedule a delightful task after that maybe go slime yeah. and then cocktail task um, this is what I think because if you have the focus time you tend to procrastinate otherwise whereas if you do the thing you love first then you you know time expands and contracts so if you're loving it, you can keep doing it or find an excuse to keep doing it and the other thing doesn't get done. Whereas if the reward is get shit thing done, then have epic thing. Or even if it's, you know, okay, I'm going to do that. And then after that, I can have my coffee. Yeah. Or after that, I can check the surf. Or I can, I'm not allowed, to, social media has to be shut. I can give myself my dopamine hit of scrolling through crap. Yeah. If that's what you love. But you make your rule of, I don't get to do that till this. Yes. And the, the beauty, if you're, thinking, if you're thinking about reshaping your work week to play more to your strengths, then you will, whether it's this week or in two months' time, it could be that you only have to eat something slimy every second day because you will have, you know, outsourced or eliminated stuff you don't like. Yeah. How good would that be? How good would that be? I think yeah. we... You know, and it's worth believing that that's possible because it is. You just have, you have to make a choice and know that it may take some time to set up. Yeah. And again, like think about the payoff though, sit in the end result. Like what could you do if you had an extra five hours a week to do what only you can do in your business that's highest, best use? Imagine what that can do for the business. Exactly. And the thing is, we know, right? And you know, you know what needs to be done most of the time. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that 
So it's, yeah, if you get that done and that what drives me is that guilt-free time and also knowing that I've done something important for the business and the beauty and I would, yeah, I would attach time to each task and, and do your best to stick that to that time because as what Jade said is time fills the time task fills the time available so i'll yeah. get um have some fun being ocd about that uh and see how much you can get. i've got the i've got an ideal week calendar make a note uh yeah. i've got an ideal week um template that people can download and it's got a 10 minute explanation on how to do it and how you can create that focus time um and just get it done and treat it as an experiment that's why i say to everyone iterate each week like don't feel like you're wedded and locked to that calendar. Do it, test it. Does it feel in flow? Does it not feel in flow? Did you allow enough time? Yeah. Did you need more awards? <laughs> Schedule chocolate. Like, yeah, and I think we need to refresh that more often at the moment because times are so different. Um, either you're either, I'm guessing, working harder or you have less work than you want. So you're either going, yeah, and with both of those weeks in, it's a perfect way to set up your ideal week and make sure you're getting those touch points with things that light you up, um, getting your mood, you know, moving your body or meditating, whatever works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting point you just made there. It reminds me of a client I was coaching yesterday. Some of her clients problems were that they felt like they were spinning their wheels and not being productive because they don't have as much of the normal work that they have on, but they, they feel like they have to work, but they don't, yeah. they're not really doing the right things. Um, so being able to go, okay, well, I'm going to schedule time maybe for learning or looking at all the things in your business that needed work, like operations. God knows if you've got a team, your HR files are definitely not up to scratch. Um, looking at your reviews, looking at how your processes going, sitting down even and going, okay, let's map out a new customer journey. We have the opportunity to iterate, especially if your distribution or something has been harmed now. Maybe you wanted to change to more eco packaging, but you were scared about the um, cost or the difference or what was going to happen, uh, how your customers might receive it with a big shift. Like this is the opportunity to break it down. So look at what's the stuff that you never had time to do before. Schedule that time to sit and do the work on it. Absolutely. And again, think about your strengths. So often we'll go, oh, pick one, say people will pick one of those projects and go, well, I can smash that on three days. I'll work on it five hours a day. It's like, but is that playing to your strengths? What kind of tasks is it involved? Do you think it'll energize you or drain you and, and tackle accordingly? Just because, yeah. it, because that will be more sustainable. So quite often, um, so with, so projects that aren't actually playing to my strengths, I'll do an hour a day. And initially it feels a bit pathetic. I'll own that, but it's sustainable. And so it might take me two weeks instead of three days, but I actually will get it done versus yeah. better. Yeah. And empower your team though, right? So I was talking to another client, hospitality, and they're like, oh, what can we do? Obviously our people aren't there. It's like, you've got people on your team that desperately want to be sommeliers and they could learn and that would add a skill to it. You've got people on your team that want to help with the service process. Give them a task to say, okay, mini experiment. What would you do if you're front of house even? What would you do different if you could design, you have the freedom to design the new customer experience from when we open the doors for the first time, what would you do differently? And empower them because especially if they're not working, a lot of them want to do something, right? They want to contribute. Your team want to contribute. And the people doing that task know better than you do. 
and probably look at it through a different lens. You can get your customer service team, you can get your salespeople on the phone to customers saying, hey, we're looking at iterating our process. Can I just ask your survey? What would have made our service for you even better? Yeah. Ah, hundred percent. And I, you know, if people have ways to learn, please let them learn. Yeah. Yeah. This Um, is the opportunity. Look, it is. Like how many people, how many, not everyone has the time, but if they do, it's gold. Yeah. Yeah. How many business owners have you heard though, say they would love to train their team, but they just don't have time or they'd love to let them do that, but we can't afford to take them off of blah task. Exactly. I mean, it's full throttle innovation time opportunity. It's, it's, it is there. Absolutely. And uh, you'll get to know your team better in a different way. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and when you let them play to their strengths, you'll, you'll see how empowered they are and how much they step up and you get more bang for your buck. When people feel like that, they, they want to shop even more. Yeah. Um, And you can get them to do their own strengths profiles, 20 us. Um, and encourage them to share it with you and you share yours with them. What a great investment. Like seriously though, think about that 20 bucks, 20 US bucks, right. To get something like that, to really figure out how you can make someone more productive and more happy. Yeah. Bargain. (laughs) Yeah. And imagine, you know, when you're an an employee in a business, if you're asked, you know, uh, let's get to know your strengths. Let's see what we can do to reshape this role to play to your strengths. Like you would have just fallen off your chair. It's that good. Yeah. And any, I'm guessing there's probably some family businesses as well. I'm so much more understand, well, I'd say 30% more understanding to my husband who I work with having read his strengths profile. I'm like, oh, that's why you go into oh. so much detail in that. And, you know. Communication. So I love, I love, love, love this. Anyone that's, anyone that's in a, a business relationship, any relationship really, understanding the, the different profiles can eliminate so many arguments because you know how to communicate in their language like it's even like do you get your do you get your um clients to even love languages as well sometimes if they need it yeah yeah well i used to i used to use it with teams so i had all of my team wow. do it because i wanted to i wanted them to know i appreciated them in their way because we used to always give out like being a very sales focused when i had the recruitment firms You'd always get a prize, ring a fucking bell, you win a thing. Some people didn't feel appreciated that way. Some people literally, like if if physical touch was their number one love language, I would make sure I would physically walk up and give them a pat on the back and tell them how well a job, like how good they did. Words of affirmation, I would make sure I made a big deal out of it in front of it. If it was someone else who was gifts, we'd literally buy them a set of cufflinks. Or do you know what I mean? And and be able to let them know they're appreciated and and loved, and everyone knew each other's as well. Um, so if you wanted to enroll someone to help you, and theirs was uh, acts of service, bring them a coffee. That's perfect. I love that extrapolation because <laughs> basically for families and partners, and like get your love languages on. But that's brilliant. Love it. It's so good in teams. It's so good with siblings too, just so you know. I do not have my phone out when I'm with my sister anymore because quality time. Yes. No phone beeping, not allowed. No. Um, but learning that. Connection is 30% less connection. If, even if yeah. you're going out and off, 30% less yep. connection. Yeah. Massive difference. Um, but also with, with partners, understanding those profiles and you know, if you're pitching a new idea, if you're a dreamer or a creator, and your partners are 
I don't know when your, your terminology, we call it a Lord, um, like the real detail um, people. And you come in with your big picture idea and it's like, oh, rainbows and unicorns and it's the end of the line thing. You, you feel like your partner's shooting you down because they're like, but what about this? And what about this? And what about the number? Have you thought about that? What is that going to cost? How long is this going to take? Like, and then you're like, you're fucking dream killer. Yeah. So that's me Where and my I, husband. Yeah. And yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> fucking dream killer. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it looks like a dream killer. He just wants data. So I've learned. Yeah. My, so you could lead with data. <laughs> so I've learned my lesson. I got um, invited to um, be a coach on a Camino trek in the Spanish pilgrimage Camino, right? Just this hundred kilometer, the last hundred kilometer stretch. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Oh, three of my friends did it last year. Four actually. Amazing. Um, so it's been postponed to 2021, October 6th, come along. But what's interesting is when I was asked, I'm, I love anything Spanish. I love walking. Uh, and then I love coaching people. So to me, it was just, it was like a bucket list with work. No um, when you talk about designing your work life, I and mean, this is how good it can get. And, but I was, I've learned my it's like me with Costa Rica. It's like, you yeah. want to send me to Costa Rica to teach business for two weeks? Sure. Yes. Thumbs Let's up. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No hesitation. Yes. Uh, yes. Answer is yes. When is it? Okay. <laughs> if you're the dreamer and you've got the data person. So this time I went to him and I said, um, so I, I danced after the phone call and then I went to him a lot calmer saying interesting opportunity <laughs> <a> happy dance. <laughs> outside <laughs> and then I came in and went interesting opportunity <laughs> I think it's worth considering so and gave this the is the payoff this is a potential payoff <laughs> yeah well I didn't even do that bit I actually said to him what do you need to know Tell me what you need to know about this opportunity and write it down and give it to me and I'll give you the information. Because I thought, I don't even want to get into any of the dream killing bit. I was too excited. Like, yeah. I don't want to hear what he has to say yet. But I'll say, hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm consulting with you. This is, a, this is awesome uh, opportunity, but I need to know what you need to know. Tell me. And I could just rejoice in the joy that I was feeling for another day or so before I got his list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I needed to go back to the guide to answer the list anyway, because I didn't need that detail. He needed that detail. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah but the same thing can be in reverse when he wants to, because often the detail people come to the dreamer and they're like, <laughs> already <laughs> fell asleep, moved on. They brain. And that, that person's like saying, you're not even listening to me. They're like, huh? You're talking. Like they can learn to come in and enroll someone in the dream before they go in with the detail. Yes. Or even provide half the detail at the time. Like, just, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, Maybe so. Meet them where they're at. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I, I had this just intuitive thought just then. And if you've had a poor experience with an, an assessment or psychometric profile, please don't worry. This one is very different. You get five pages of words which are linked to your five strengths. And it's I'm doing it straight after this. And it's very intuitive. It's very kind of pragmatic but intuitive it kind of matches all thinking styles but you, it's quite different from a lot of the profiles out there i'm going to do it straight after this yeah. i'll share i get five words did you say you get five strengths you can upgrade to your top 34 i mean your 34 which is all the strengths but if you're someone who naturally focuses on your weaknesses i say don't do this don't get the 34 report yeah. get the five report you know i can have my weaknesses <laughs> As humans, we tend to focus on our weaknesses just instinctively. Um, yeah. I always say, why don't you get to know your top five inside out before upgrading? Um, detail people, listen in. 
and you'll get so much value. <laughs> yeah, don't I get lost. So I'm seven years in, I still turn to that profile. I'm still learning things from it. And yeah, it's so valuable. I love it. So what, I love it. share our top five strengths in the comments afterwards once you've got Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. That sounds epic. Um, now, I promise to keep you on time because you've got busy things to do. So let's switch gears. Tell us about your surfing journey. When did you start? What do you ride? You're in a freezing ass place. Like, give us, give us the surfing journey. Sure. Uh, so surfing, yes. My dad was recommended to start surfing in his 30s with a bad back. So we just, we were like, my grandfather um, put a five pound deposit on a piece of land in Anglesey in the don't, 20s or 30s, um, which is near to Bells Beach. If you're a surfer, you'll know where Bells Beach is. And I grew up holidaying there thinking that was completely normal. Imagine that. And there was 35 of us in two shacks next to each other, uh, all related to each other. So as a kid, it was heavenly. And we always boogie boarded. And then I was 12, I think, when my dad got me on to a board and he taught me. And it was just, I just thought, wow, this is amazing. And then um, got a bit distracted by friends. Uh, rather than hanging out with my dad. Uh, so I kind of went in and out of it. And in my 20s, I, another friendship group who surfed got back into it and lived in London, bit of time out of it, back in Australia, um, post kids back into it. So uh, we live in Barwon Heads, which is 20 minutes from Torquay on the other side of Anglesey. And we sea changed here six years ago. My husband wanted to live in the country and I said, there has to be ocean. I just, it won't make sense otherwise. And it just, my realisation over the last few years is that it makes me a better human being. I, I, you know, when my kids were tiny and would literally cry when I left the house to go surfing, it was just, it was kind of painful, that divided heart piece. But what I realised is one of my core desired feelings is catching waves, whether it's, I body surf as well, um, uh, or boogie board if the waves are too big for me and a board. Like I'm a two to three foot max girl. And so I realised through that just pursuing this catching waves feeling that it makes me a better human, a better friend, a better coach, a better mum, a better partner. So why wouldn't I do it? Whereas I think a lot of people um, feel like it's a bit of an indulgence. There's even some rhetoric even in this surfing town that I live in and oh, got lucky, got out for a surf. It's like just... Yeah, it makes us better yeah. people. So why wouldn't we do it? My sister, my sister literally says to me, "When have you been surfing last? Your energy is all fucked up, and I don't want your energy around me and the kids. You need to go surfing. Don't even bother coming, like because she can tell my anxiety gets out of control. I, I'm a bit antsy. I'm distracted. I'm on edge. She's like, do us all a favor, get wet." <laughs> My husband now says the same thing. When I only did it once a week, I don't think he noticed. But when I got up to two or three times a week and I hadn't surfed, and actually before our weekly meeting, he says, can you please surf before that weekly meeting? <laughs> Productivity hack. Yeah. And I said, yes, I can. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's great for anxiety. I mean, anything in nature is incredible for, um, for really reducing anxious thoughts and feelings. And I use it for that as well. I, when I hit, you know, when you hit the wall in your business, like you know, even if you love what you do, you, you know, it's easy to overwork and hit a wall again. A surf will just give me yeah. that energy again to like, I can coach three people this afternoon, no problem. 
Um, I, I, I get sometimes the thing going, I've got so much work to do. I can't, can't justify going for a surf. Candace said to me, my roommate the other day, she's like, you're going to do the work so much quicker and so much better. If you literally just go out there and have 40 minutes, she's like, it's right there. Just go. And it's almost like you have to give yourself that permission. Cause you hear other people with the indulgence yeah. and not really it's for me it's my meditation that you wouldn't really put someone down who was going to be like i need to go meditate for half an hour to yeah. get my shit sorted for me that's 100 percent my meditation uh, i couldn't agree more and um i had another point which was oh i applied a mini experiment to the surfing i i tested out what was the shortest amount of time that would still be satisfying so um i think it was la Oh, it might have been two years ago, I was doing it as my lunch break. So I would go yep. and the round trip was an hour and I was in the water for half an hour. And what was fascinating about that was I didn't have time to find the best spot, like choose the beach. Yeah. I just would choose. I mean, I look at the report. There was no faffing. It was really interesting. Like you would just go jump in and I would catch as many waves as I could in half an hour. So again, not being that picky with wave selection and had a surprisingly playful and fun time. And a friend of mine who's been surfing since her twenties had in her mind, it has to be a two hour surf. And so making yeah. the adjustment was really helpful. So whether it's 40 minutes, like for Jade, I find even half an hour because you actually go a bit harder and it's really good. I did test out a 15 minute one and it was not worth it. <laughs> no, not worth not worth it energy it's worth jumping it's worth diving into the ocean i think without a board for 15 minutes but it was too, yep. too frustrating with a board yeah yeah i totally get that uh and that's something that i've been trying to reconcile as well i for some reason i had the magic number of an hour yeah. um like oh, if i'm gonna get especially if i have to go and do this shit yeah. afterwards to be camera ready or something it's like oh yeah it needs to be that but then this morning i was like i've only got 40 minutes by the time I hit the water um, and get back in, I was like, actually, that's, that's enough. Like, even if I got two or three waves, yeah. that's enough. Uh, I got my paddle. I got wet. It's like, it reset me. I was, yeah, I was at pretty high anxiety level before I went out, yeah. came back in. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this and whatever. Um, so much stress off. I can't believe how much it just washes off. And also yeah. you're going for that dual purpose, not just, fitness but for the meditation will be a better human piece then really any time in the water will serve you as well yeah even just getting out and literally sitting on your board yeah. and being in the ocean and connected uh i love the idea of the 30 minute thing though be, and the just catch any wave because imagine what that's going to do for the skill yeah like rather than just sitting and waiting for a good wave like just the practice of jumping up like i've got a way smaller i've got a, a, a kelly slater gamma um that's like 27 liters epoxy so light and I need to be really fit and I need to be constantly in the water to be any good on it and the conditions. Otherwise I'm too light. The wind blows me off the back, but just trying to practice on that in white water because it's so unstable. Mm -hmm. I have found has made a massive difference to my takeoff and, and how I'm performing. So it's like, okay, elite athletes go out in any condition. Yeah. That's what makes them elite. They learn to surf the shit. And I you really apply that. I think we can apply that metaphor to so many things. So true. Right. And and I think it brings back a I found it brought back some playfulness. So just to get you out of that ego as well of I'm gonna catch X mm -hmm. number of ways, it really doesn't matter what they look like because the conditions aren't perfect. Um, just gets you more playful again. Oh, 
when I first got back into surfing, cause I didn't surf for, I'd been in the water like maybe 10 times in 17 years when I was building the, the last few companies and I hate sucking at things. Like I'm so fucking competitive, I hate sucking at things. And then I wouldn't, I'd get frustrated that I sucked. And then I wouldn't go out if it was like certain conditions. Cause I was worried that I wouldn't be good enough. And even to the point you're like, Oh, people will think I'm a kook. Like no one gives a fuck. Like as long as you're not dangerous, like don't throw your board at snapper. Don't be a kook. But, and sometimes I wouldn't go out if it was really crowded, if I didn't think I could make the duck dive because danger, yeah. but being, I think that playfulness of just catch anything and it doesn't matter. Like look like a kook, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I had to really get out of my own ego with that and being okay at sucking at it and remembering that the only way to get better is to suck first. Well, yeah. And I also think uh, surfing is one of the most humbling sports because the conditions are always different. So if you're not willing to look stupid or silly, then you're going to struggle. I mean, yeah. Cause if you're, yeah, if you're wanting to improve at things, you're going to be trying different things. And at some point you are always going to look silly. Um, yeah, there's a really good local surfer and I saw him wipe out on a wave and I've never seen him wipe out on a wave. It's like, it happens at every level. Just, just yeah. yeah. Um, what do you ride? What's your boards? So I've got a mini mal. It's eight foot and it was a That's not a mini mal. That's a real mal. And <laughs> okay. I've got a Malibu. I, I thought it was a mini mal. Eight foot. Um, my husband uh, went any, on. Anything, over, and anything eight foot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Funny story, my husband went on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and won money and he said, what do you want? And I said, a custom-made surfboard. <laughs> Who made it? Um, a beautiful shaper in Anglesey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. That is, and, that is so cool. That's, gosh, that's 15 years ago and it's still beautiful. You have to put a picture of it in the, in the comments for I will, sure. I will. Yeah. I've got a board that was custom shaped for me in 1991 by a guy named Dennis Anderson. It's a um, tradition. And we were so dirt poor. Like we lived in a condemned scout hall paying $25 a week because someone got their brains blown out in it and it was condemned. And how my dad, I don't want to know how he got the money to get a custom made board done for me to, so I could ride in comps, but it is still, it was bubble wrapped for 10 years, literally, but it's eight foot six and it's just, delicious oh, man. like look at me i'm like i just love it so much <laughs> i had this one custom to match. it's the oh have you yeah what's that one behind you uh it's a donald takiyama scorpion so it's a six six um it's got a pintail so you can really get on the end of it and and flick it around so easy but it's got a nice i don't know if i can angle the camera um no probably not um it's got a really nice big long like wide nose so although you can turn it and flight it you can get up on the nose on it and every time i ride it on the surf someone comes up and it's like can i have a look at that board that's a beautiful board oh wow that's a versatile board like it gets so much attention and a little hack if you get it made like custom made in your company pantone and you put it in your videos it's a tax deduction mm -hmm. that thing brings in business is that not one of the best tips today? <laughs> That's the best tip today. So next, for your next longboard, just make sure that you get, put the company logo on it, get it out there. It's advertising in the water. My next one will have barrels and business on it, of course. I'm chasing a new board at the moment. Um, oh, that's exciting. So actually, I'm, I'm podcasting Neve from Firewire as soon as we're allowed to have a few of us in a room. And 
I think I'll hit him up for, for a Excellent. And what's your version. favorite break where you live? Uh, I love, love, love going down to Snapper. Um, it's rare that I'm on the point, um, but sitting at Little Marley, just at further down the line, when they canceled the WSL, I was in the water every day and sitting at Little Marley and all the pros are still there taking off, just getting spat out of barrels right next to you. Didn't get fuck all waves, but it was awesome. So I love, I love down there. Um, at the moment though, I'm li I live at Palm Beach and I've got an artificial reach reef here. There's a bank just at the groin there. There's two banks just up there. Kelly Slater's stuck just down the road at the moment. So, um, but yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to say snapper. <laughs> With every other person that's trying to like, you see the big crowd, you go the other way. <laughs> exactly. So my, one of my favorite breaks is road night at Anglesey, which is where that photo, the surf photo is taken. Ah. When that works, it's, it's, it's an incredible point break when it works. Yeah. I love a point break. I do love me a point break. Um, where have you been on any surf trips like outside of area? Where's, where's been your best tip? Yeah, I have. I would say Shaka. That was where? Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. That's my, that's my number one place that's on my list. Yay. So I went to the Mints for my birthday, but I've been saying like, that's my, that's where I want to go surfing next. Cause I was already going to Costa Rica for work. So, but <laughs> so, okay. Give us your best travel tips for Sri Lanka. I'd have to put it in the comments section. So definitely Araguam Bay and they've been hit hard right now. They rely, you know, probably 90% on tourism. So Araguam Bay and there's six to nine breaks there. I'll, I'll find out what the names were of my two favorite ones and put them in the comments. I would love that. Amazing. That and a friend, runs, a friend runs a yoga surf retreat there. Um, so I went along there last oh, October, I think it was. It was amazing. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, hook us up with them. Maybe we could get them on the podcast as well because we have a lot of people that, um, that either desire to run retreats and things like that. And it'd be great to get some learnings on oh. how, how they've set up, how they got started, the marketing side of things. Yeah, she's got, she's excellent. She's a physio and a yoga teacher. So she's got, um, yeah, she loves telling a story. So she'll be perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I love that. Fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with? And I'll get you to just tell them where's the best way to connect with you as well. But any parting words of wisdom and where can people find you? Obviously we'll put links in, but. Sure. So LinkedIn or NikkiSmithCoach.com. Uh, so I think the thing I want to leave people with is that there, you have more potential than you, you know, it's 100%. And the thing is, it's quite common for people not to be able to step into it until they see the evidence, until they see things going along. So please partner up with a mentor or coach to actually find out what this added bit of potential is in your life and use the mini experiment model to just step things out. You can start today. Love it. Thank you so much, Nikki. I'm sure that people will get so much value out of this episode. I'm so grateful for having you on and meeting you only a few weeks ago. And I've managed to get you to pop into my community a few times and just give nuggets. A few people have given me feedback already over the, um, the testing and what you've what you've done with them so thank you so much uh everyone else make sure you go get wet and start carving out some more time in your calendars to stay in your highest best use and playing to your strengths and let us know how you go and it was such a pleasure to be here thanks yeah put your words into the comments we'll we'll put ours in cool thanks guys 
Hey there, barrel chasing business owners. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. What would be amazing and allow us to reach as many business owners just like you would be if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you feel like you got any entertainment or any value out of today, if you could pop on over, that would mean the world to us. See you on the next show.